123 show with me, Noreen Meir, on this Monday afternoon. And since it's Monday, it's time for a bit of trash talk. And this week, Marcy Trent Long speaks to the CEO of the Civic Exchange, Christine Lowe, about what she sees as the next step in dealing with Hong Kong's food waste. Hey, Trash Talkers. All around Asia, countries are starting to separate their household waste by these dry and wet categories. So wet includes food waste and organic materials, and dry are things like glass or plastic that you can hopefully recycle. Even Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen, they've kicked off this kind of waste separation with, frankly, a lot of success. But this should also be happening in Hong Kong, right? Well, our guest Christine Lowe is here to talk about what we can learn from our northern neighbors about handling waste separation and minimizing food waste. Christine needs no introduction. She's the chief development strategist at HKUST, visiting professor at UCLA, founder of Civic Exchange, and previous undersecretary for the environment. Welcome to the Trash Talk, Christine. This is your first time on the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Well, it's really nice of you to come. So, yes, there's there's a lot going about. We were all pretty disappointed um, that the waste charging scheme didn't get passed. But why are you interested now in, like, food waste and other types of waste? What What is it that's making you curious about this? Well, we'll, we'll get back to the, the MSW charging bill in a minute. But, I mean, for food waste, the reason I'm so into food waste is it's because it's the one form of waste that all of us actually have some direct control. You know, I mean, I know we're very concerned about plastic. We're very concerned about, you know, about many other uh, types of waste. But food waste, uh, because I think most people in Hong Kong, we have two to three meals a day and I have two meals a day. Um, We really have direct control in what we choose to eat, you know, whether we waste anything, uh, how we choose to eat. And it is one thing that if restaurants and, you know, people in the the food and beverage business, that if they control this better, you know, meaning better management, they can also be more profitable. So that's why I think since we have direct control, um, this is the one thing we can do something about no matter what happens. And tomorrow, right? And and we talked earlier about this Clean Plate 2.0 program that's going on uh, with our northern neighbors, which reminds me of... You know, when my mom used to say, clean your plate, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, there's a bit of history there. In 2013, I think it was grassroots folks in China that started something called Empty Plate. And this kind of resonated with the government. uh, And then they used Empty Plate uh, as a campaign to reduce official banquets. Um, But this also became a bit of a... uh, uh, a community effort. Uh, and then, of course, recently, I mean, just just uh, this past month, uh, right at the top of the Chinese government, uh, President Xi Jinping, he's come out and said, wow, you know, food waste is a big problem. And he wants to start this clean plate 2.5. And then, of course, uh, just uh, a few days ago, China has come out to pledge that they will peak carbon before 2030 and that they will have achieved carbon neutrality by 2060. So I think in all these really big commitments, food waste and food loss 
will both have to play a major part in Chinese policies going forward. Well, and it and it, it feeds all the way down the supply chain, right? So, oh, absolutely. So obviously, if you're not putting it into the landfill, if you're not putting it into the incinerator, then you also don't have to produce as much. Well, that's right. And we all have an excellent, you could say, digester in ourselves, <laughs> right? You know, so... And then we uh, get fat. Well, you know, the, the, the statistics are pretty worrying. I mean, in Hong Kong, we are throwing away about 3,600 tonnes of uh, food waste a day. I mean, that's a huge amount. I think on the mainland, uh, maybe the statistics are a little outdated and they're not very comprehensive. But basically, uh, 6% of the food is lost before it gets to the consumer. So this means, you know, things like storage of food, transportation of food, that can all be greatly improved in China. And then in terms of food waste at the consumption level, you know, it's 16 to 17 million tons a year. Mm. I mean, mm. you know, if you combine the food waste lost, right. uh, the food loss plus the food waste that is thrown away, um, some people have kind of calculated to say, well, you know, that's like being able to feed another 35 to 50 million people. Mm -hmm. So I think from China's perspective, you know, dealing with waste is important. Dealing with climate change is important. So all of these things are connected, you know, resource efficiency, uh, um, you want to, you know, do much better in those areas. So again, this is something that requires government action. But the reason I'm so passionate about food waste is it is something that you and I can start dealing with at our next meal. Yeah, exactly. And you can bring your little Tupperware whenever you go around to your meal, for instance. That's what some of the zero wasters are. Uh, people are doing about. that. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing that now for a few years. <laughs> and once you start doing it right, then your friends will start doing it because they think. I think, you know, the thing about food waste is as people get more wealthy, um, food waste. I mean, you see it all over the place. Mm. I remember in 1980 it was one of my early trips to mainland China. And I, I was uh, visiting the city of Kunming and I was speaking to some officials there. I mean, this was a long, long time ago. Mm. And during casual conversation, you know, I was sort of saying, well, people in Hong Kong were dieting, you know, and dieting. Uh, uh, it, well, I said it in Chinese. And one of the gentlemen said to me, oh, you mean willingly not eat? <laughs> right? No, what I'm saying is that really, really struck me. Right. And this was back in 1980. So I know China has come a long way and health statistics in China are not good. Diabetes and obesity is, you know, a very serious problem. This has to do with the way we eat. And it's right. a problem in Hong Kong, too. And then we throw up, you know, we eat unhealthily, we eat too much, and then we throw a lot of food away. And and we were just we just had um, some other seafood people in earlier, so back to that point too. That got you know don't throw away a a good you know something a seafood that's not fully eaten when you've drawn it out of the ocean, right? But then what are some of the things that we can? Um, do you feel that Hong Kong and uh, the Greater Bay Area can cooperate on in this? Oh, I think a lot actually. You know, Hong Kong uh, was kind of out there, out front. In December of 2012, when I was still undersecretary, Hong Kong started a food-wise campaign because, again, uh, both Secretary Wong, who's still the secretary for the environment today, uh, we all felt that 
this was a serious issue and we should do something straight away because he'd just taken office as secretary, uh, you know, in the summer. So, so that was the first thing that we did. And actually, if you go online and look for FoodWise campaign in Hong Kong, um, actually, a lot of people did everything. You know, the industry, people in food and beverages, people who are preparing school meals, hotels, shopping malls. I mean, many people in the food, you know, food-related sector actually together uh, produced a range of uh, kind of resources, you know, booklets to share with other people in the same industry as to how you can reduce food waste. I mean, I know, you know, we've had a lot of issues in Hong Kong. 2019 was a difficult year. 2020, you know, COVID is another difficult year. But nevertheless, uh, I think there is an urge in people here to say, you know, how do we go forward? And with COVID, you know, we're doing a lot of takeout. I mean, I mean, in a way, the food and beverage industry, many of them have transformed themselves because they can't do things like they used to. So this is the same in China. So going forward, I think this is the magic moment for us to rebrand in the way Hong Kong and Guangdong makes, produces, serves, uh, and deal with food wave. You know, mm -hmm. so you have the whole chain. And I think everybody knows in Hong Kong, you know, traditionally in China, eating in Guangdong is like, that's where you should eat because food is good. And in Hong Kong, eating in Hong Kong, right? This was always a big, big, big thing. People come from all over the world to eat here. Just reimagine how we can rebrand, mm. you know, that we're going to eat, you know, we're going to eat locally, you know, from regionally grown and produced food. We have very high regional food safety standards, uh, you know, all of this where we promote good eating, well eating, wise eating, hmm. clean eating, no waste eating, no endangered species, right? <laughs> I mean, this could be a whole branding for Hong Kong and Guangdong. I see. So then Hong Kong is going to have to learn from Guangdong on certain things like the endangered species side. I mean, we can learn from them and they can learn, learn from, from us, us yeah, because in some areas we've gone a bit further than a lot of people. I just want to say that because so many things have happened, but actually in Hong Kong, the Food Wise campaign was a great thing because we brought a lot of people together and a lot of homework has been done. So, you know, don't forget, don't chuck it away. No, and there's a great network here, right, of yeah. NGOs, yeah. et cetera. Restaurateurs. And restaurateurs, yes. they're really established and well linked together. Like, it gets better and better all the time. Yes. And, um, but I don't know if that exists in China. I don't know if oh, Shenzhen, no, I, it's all government it, managed. No, no, or? I think it's coming along. And because of COVID, for example, in some of the major cities, like uh, uh, probably uh, 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 Shenzhen and Guangzhou, but definitely in Shanghai, um, the, the greater consciousness of serving your customers. Customers want meal portions. You know, how about smaller portions, bigger and smaller portions? Things like, how about telling me what ingredients are in there? So you can imagine that today, with the ease of uh, uh, the internet, uh, with uh, AI and, you know, all kinds of, of technology that we have today, that people can provide a lot more information to their customers. Um, we're also used to ordering food on our mobile phones, uh, but you, you can actually tell people a lot more. You know, how about in the next 10 years, you know, give, give people a decent period of time. Can we completely reimagine how we deal with food? I think that would be just Pretty great. Exciting. You know, I mean, really rebrand Hong Kong and Guangdong for eating wisely. Oh, that's interesting. So when the tourists come back one day. 
<laughs> well, you know, you only need a few restaurants to kind of showcase. Um, by the way, we have one uh, six-star hotel in Hong Kong that has developed a, a, a whole policy called sustainable luxury. And uh, this was already quite a few years ago. So they told me that in the restaurant, they just take out all the stuff that people shouldn't eat. So, for example, you know, endangered species, shark's fin. And so you, you just, I mean, they, they run great restaurants. Mm. So it's not like you go in and you, you're kind of questioning the food. But you can take out certain things. Mm. So there's no more argument uh, about the menu itself. So it really inspired me to think that you can do a lot uh, if the owner... Uh, and the investors, right, of the food and beverage businesses, that they think more kind of upstream and, you know, it's going to save them money. And if they've got something funky out there and it's very fashionable, they're going to do a great business. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's probably you're looking to see the businesses in a way driving this oh, or do you, as opposed to maybe the governments or the NGOs? I mean, well, I think everybody has to do it. You know, you have to do it together. And as I said, there is something that you and I can do, right? You know, when we go to lunch, right? We can immediately just not over order, not order right? Order. So that's number one. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is we can make actually more demands. You know, businesses do respond to their customers. Uh, secondly is customers, I mean, people who are in the business by thinking forward, you know, what really are the trends? What might government do? I mean, there are certain functions that only government can deal with, you know, like, Waste charging. I mean, waste charging is our linchpin. If LegCo doesn't use this coming year to pass this legislation, we're just going to be that much further behind also the mainland, not just other parts of the world, not just, you know, like in Europe, but we're going to be behind the mainland. So it's critical that the bill gets back on the table. Uh, and secondly is legislators work very hard with the government to get it passed. Yeah, because it's as if all the infrastructure is being built around it and we just need that passed. Well, well, right? that's, that's the PET right. recycling plant is coming online. The, you know, you've got the next OPARC coming yeah. online. It's all ready. We but just... if you don't have waste charging, it's all going to fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's all easy for some legislators who have been against uh, waste charging for a long time. You know, their arguments is, well, we want a perfect system, you know, government, you're not doing this uh, as 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 well as you could. You know, we're we're past that. We mm -hmm. need this legislation now. And of course, you can refine it. This is also what happens on the mainland. And I have to say that I think the uh, 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 the establishment camp, this is where, you know, if they if they don't get this right and get this done, um, they're not following kind of national trends. It's really important for them to get this. And they, they have people in the, uh, the pro-establishment camp who, who, who have been against this for a long time. Mm. And, that's, and that's silly because we're now looking to see some of the benefits of the new world, right? This well, should be one of them. This is the new trend. This is the new national trend. We've got to get on board and get this done now. So we need a very determined government. We need uh, Secretary Wong, we need Mrs. Carrie Lam to go to LegCo and talk to the LegCo president to make sure that the bill is going to be back on the table. We need the committee that was looking at this bill to really work very hard and not aim to uh, uh, slow things down, but aim to get it done. Because, you know, the truth is, even if the bill is passed, it won't actually be implemented for 12 to 18 months. So, you know, yeah. again, we, it, this is just, you know, you, you do have that period because you right. need to get things ready. And, 
many people in the community, including people in the F&B business, are ready for this because they've had to practice for a number of years, right? Because they thought the bill was going to be passed now. So, you know, just let's, let's not have any more excuse. And I think it's really important for the media, for the NGO, people in the community to tell the government and tell LegCo, this is it, guys. We want it. Okay, and so how do Trash Talk listeners do that? Do they write a letter? Do they, you know, what, oh, do we talk to our district councilor? Uh, I, I, I think it'd be good. Uh, do everything that you can, right? You know, write mm. to the district councillors, write to Mrs. Lamb and say, look, this is really important for the community. And think of all the reasons, right, that you want to remind her why this is important, including the fact that we're going to be behind China again yeah. on a critical area of, of policy. And that's embarrassing. And that's embarrassing, that. yes. That's not what the people want. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, Christine, thank you so much for coming in and getting us woken up again about our food waste. Everybody, no over-ordering. Don't forget to bring your Tupperware when you go out to dinner. And hopefully that write a letter to your district councillor to uh, push for that. Mrs. Lamb, right to Mrs. Lamb. Okay, straight to Mrs. Lamb. <laughs> Christine Lowe is a big thinker, okay, people? So all the way to Christmas. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you. <laughs> You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK on the Go app. Thanks to our... Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk. And she was speaking to Christine Lowe, the CEO of uh, Civic Exchange, about food waste here in Hong Kong. Also, uh, congratulations uh, to Marcy as well. Uh, her podcast has been voted the top 10 best sustainability podcast that you need to listen to right now, voted uh, by the Green Queen, which is a wonderful health and sustainability platform right here in Hong Kong. So do check out uh, all of Marcy's these tra trash talk episodes.